instead of me talking. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm so glad you're here. This wouldn't be the same without you. How many believe that? Amen. All right, well, if any kids need to go to the nursery, we'll dismiss them right now. Let me give a few announcements real quick. It's probably better the music didn't play so I could get into this. Um, this, is a, this is a powerful month for us because it's the month that we really uh, talk about and celebrate uh, the resurrection, amen, of Jesus. So three weeks from Sunday, not that we don't talk about it all year, amen, but three weeks from Sunday is Easter. So uh, the next three weeks, I'm going to be talking about and leading up to that Sunday morning message about the power of the cross. Amen? How many know tonight that it's all about the cross? That's it. Amen? It's all about the cross. Hey, you guys are still here. You going to stay here? Darn it. You can still stay. Denton's better. <laughs> Amen. Well... We're going to uh, have some events, too. We got one event that's not in the calendar. It didn't make it in time. And that is the 24th, which is a week from Sunday. We'll be having our talent show. Amen? We need people to get in it. We need some new people. We need some people that haven't been in it yet. And you can do anything in it, anything that's talented. Amen? You can sing. You can rap. You can do, say a poem that you wrote. You can whatever. Get an ensemble together, quartet, triplet, trio, duet, whatever. But we need some new people, amen? So see my wife or see Dylan and, and tell them you're going to be in it. It'll be a week from this Sunday. Play an instrument, whatever it is. There's no uh, bad entry, amen? And uh, give you an opportunity to show your talents off, amen? And then also, that's the 24th. Uh, the 31st, that same day of Easter, we're having a picnic in the afternoon. For those that are not heading out of town after with their families, we'll be getting together for a picnic, softball, food, and different stuff like that. So how many got those brochures? Everybody have one of those for the month? They're right there in the entryway. Um, can you help me out with that real quick, just in case somebody, right there by the tithe envelopes, some more of those in the entryway? Make sure everybody got one that hasn't gotten one yet. Well, y'all are cold. Now I'm hot. I did. It worked for a second, though. This is the perfect weather right here. Don't need AC, don't need heat. If we could just stay like this all year, our electric bill would be phenomenal. Amen. Can we just pray and believe that it would happen? Anything's got Jesus said all things are possible for those who believe. How many would just love it to stay this temperature the rest of the year? Just no summer, no, just, just continue till Jesus comes back. Right here. Lord, you see all the faith in this place right here. Do it, Lord. Let the news come to Denton, Texas and see what's going on. We'll tell them it was prayer. Amen. I told my wife today, is every day it gets warmer, I get less excited because we get closer to summer. Yeah, that's good. My faith's bigger than yours, though. Just kidding. Or my hate for, for heat. Amen. You like the heat, huh? Really? All right. From Africa. Yeah, if you'd have been born here and raised with the AC, you wouldn't like it. 
Open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 3. As we lead up to the cross, there's something we need to know. And am I loud? Sounds loud. No? Okay. All right. Then I'm not. Genesis 3. How many of you in here have ever wondered why the world is the way it is? You ever have those thoughts? Why? 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 You ever had the thoughts of why there's so much evil, wickedness, pain, violence, and all of the above? I want to I show you probably today and Sunday at least, maybe leading into next week, I want to start a little series and you are the lucky ones that are here for the first one tonight. Amen? Because you came out on Wednesday night. And uh, I know we got a lot of people traveling for spring break and stuff. But I want to start a little mini sermon about exposing the enemy. Okay? Exposing the enemy. How many know that you cannot defeat the enemy if you don't know who the enemy is? Amen? Our Marine would tell us that in war. Amen? You have to know the enemy to be able to attack. Are you not a Marine? Okay, you looked at me like you, oh, I said the wrong thing. Okay. And you have to attack the enemy, but you can't attack the enemy if you don't know who the enemy is and you don't know what his strategies are. And the good thing is that we're not facing an enemy tonight that we don't know. But if you don't know him, it's because you haven't read the scriptures. And I want to show you tonight and Sunday and maybe leading into next week how to expose the enemy. And I want especially, especially, especially all the teenagers and the young people to listen to this. I want everybody to listen to it. But I'm glad there's a lot of young people here tonight because I really, really, really want you all to pay attention to this. And if you all had notebooks, it would be awesome to take notes because the generation that is in the teenage years is the generation of age that the devil attacks the most. And when you get to about the age of 12, you have pretty much formed who you are. Your, your, your young years and getting up into your early teens is where you are formed as a person and formed in your thoughts and all the rest, you begin to act that out the rest of your life. And I don't want to see any talking tonight, please, no talking. Um, you begin to talk that out and act that out and walk that out, what you learned at a young age and you're very influenceable at the age of 8, 15. But Pastor Jones, our pastor, our head pastor, had a vision one time and he was, saw a vision and the Lord showed him the age 12 was the most important age in a child's life, where they're the most formed. And so I want you to know tonight that a lot of the stuff that we, we get attacked on as human beings starts in our teenage years. And there's media that the devil uses to attack. Okay? So go, go to Genesis with me. I'm going to go slow on this. And I want to show you. Why things are the way they are and what causes them. You'd be wise tonight to really pay attention and listen to this because I, want, I do want to tell you, I'm not trying to give any glory to the devil, but he's real. And, and the problem is today is people don't understand how real he is. Just as real as God is, the devil is. He exists. He has power. Again, I'm not glorifying him. I'm telling you the truth. He has power. It'd be like, an, it'd be like a, a, whether it was a team or an army or anything else saying, oh, you know, we're going to underestimate the enemy. And we're better than them. And we're stronger than them. And you cannot underestimate an enemy. 
And I'm not trying to give him power. But, I, but if you don't understand how powerful he is, you will never understand how powerful Jesus is. You must get an understanding of how powerful Jesus is by understanding what Jesus defeated. How many understand that? You can't understand the power of the Lord. We talked last week about the presence of God. We read that verse where it said, holy, holy, holy. We talked about that verse that said he is great and good and mighty and powerful. And what makes him powerful is that he's more powerful than the enemy. What makes somebody powerful? The fact that they can overpower somebody else. And... We, if we don't understand how the devil works, where he comes from, why he has power, then we can't defeat him. And you won't understand what Jesus did for you. And this, this little ser- series of messages will get you to understand more, thank God more, and appreciate more your salvation. Amen. So I'm not trying to lift him up. I want you to know that going forward. But you must understand he's real. And I think a big problem is, you know, you got a lot of people today that watch these horror movies. Have you noticed the amazing amount of horror movies that are out right now? It's not even Halloween. Every time I see a commercial, it's something of the dead, something of evil. And it gets nastier and grosser and worse, paranormal activity. All these shows are coming out. And the problem is, is a lot of people watch those things and they think it's funny. See, I've never liked horror movies. And the reason I've never liked horror movies is because I've seen those things in real life. When you've ever been involved in demonic activity and you have dealt with demons and you have dealt with people that are full of demons and you've encountered spiritual warfare, you realize that all that stuff that they glorify in the movie is real. So I can't stand those things. The problem is, is just like the violent games I talked about a few weeks ago, the media desensitizes us to those things and they make it not a big deal. And so have you ever wondered why your kids hear voices? You ever wonder why people uh, say things? You ever wonder why kids see shadows? You ever wonder? Because of the things they see. Doors get opened up. And they begin to believe in something that you would say, oh, that's fake. No, it's not. There is a real world out there of demonic activity. And the devil likes to come in sly. The devil is not an enemy tonight, you got to understand, that is going to come against you and in one big swing knock you out. He doesn't work that way. And you're going to see that. I'm going to show you that right here in the scriptures if you're in Genesis 3. We all know the story of how the Garden of Eden was made. We all know the story of how God came down. And I'll get, make sure you know it if you don't. And he gave Adam and Eve dominion. And he said, I want you to multiply. And I want you to, this is your place. And he, and he said, it's all yours. And I want you to understand and realize what was taken from us. That's another thing. You can't under, appreciate what the salvation is or the blessing is or the heaven that's waiting for us until we understand that that has been taken from us. Have you ever gotten angry at somebody who's stolen something from you? That doesn't make you feel good to get something stolen from you. Doesn't that anger you? We should be angry tonight at the enemy because he's stolen something from us. He stole our our destiny from us. I'm talking about the way God intended it in the beginning. I've been perturbed the last two days because somewhere along the way in the last 48 hours, I lost my wallet. How many lost your wallet before? It's the worst. It's the worst. 
And it, it, it's, you can go get the cards again, go get your license again. I can't stand that. But the worst part is the understanding that somebody has your personal things. Right? Maybe, maybe the Lord allowed me to lose my wallet so I could use this as an example. I'm going to make something good out of it. I know where I saw it last. And it had to have been between my house and, you know, the door and the car or the car and the door here. And I guess I dropped it. And it, it was a brand new wallet Pastor Mario gave me. And I really liked it. Yeah. A lot. When me and my wife were celebrating our anniversary, I told her every like 20 minutes, have I told you how much I like my new wallet? Some of you might have seen me say it. Have you, have you seen my new wallet? I loved it. I'm going to get another one. It was the best wallet I've ever had. It was skinny. It was called the Big Skinny. And you could put a lot of stuff in it and it didn't get bulky. I really liked it. And the worst thing is, is besides the fact that I love the wallet, is it had my tithe in it. So I'm really mad about that. Now, it's your fault you lost it. I know. I hate being human. Don't you? I lost it somewhere, and I, I wish someone honest would have picked it up. It's got my address on it. It's got my phone. It's got my church card on it. It's got my phone number on it. Take the money, but give me my wallet back. Drop it in the mailbox. The address is right there. Right? I'm still believing for that. How many would believe with me that the Holy Spirit will convict somebody and they can have the money. It's God's going to burn in their hands anyways. I feel sorry for whoever picked up my wallet. I really do. It's God's money. That was my tithe in that, um, in that wallet. But they can have the money, but something would prick them in the spirit if they haven't already thrown it in the trash can to put it back in the mailbox or call me and something. I'm still believing. And I asked the Holy Spirit to help me find it. And I've been looking. But when you had something stolen from you, it makes you appreciate what you had. We have to understand what the devil did to us to understand what God has done for us. So in the Garden of Eden, God has this amazing plan for us. Something today we can't even understand how awesome the plan was. Think about your best day. One of those days that you wish would have lasted forever. You ever had one of those days? It was at a place you loved. Maybe it was at a picnic. Maybe it was in a park. Maybe it was in a mountain. Maybe it was at whatever it was. Just one of those days. That's, that, there's a lot of days when I just I look up and see the sky and, and the weather's perfect. And I, it's just you just think about, man, this is what heaven was going to. Sorry, this is what earth was supposed to be like. Amen? How many get what I'm saying? And it was all perfect. But then Adam and Eve are sitting there, and look with me right here what happens in chapter 3. And I want you to pay attention to this. Verse 1. You might have heard it before, but you've never really gotten what the, the Word is trying to tell you here. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman... Has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now stop just there for a second. I want you to understand the word cunning means deceitful. Okay? Deceitful. It means that you deceive somebody to get something that you want. The devil was deceitful. You have to understand tonight that the devil is a, is a deceitful foe. He's somebody who is crafty. He's tricky. Like I said, he doesn't come and fight you face on. 
and, and, and teach you uh, or show you, here I am. He's, he comes behind. He's crafty. The Bible says that he is the angel of light and he, he, he appears to be good. Amen? Again, a lot of times we get, we get, we get messed up in our thinking because we think that the devil is some ugly being. And we've, we've, again, media has, has put the horns on him and the teeth. But what you don't understand, and I'll show you in a second, is he was the most beautiful angel in all of heaven. Not ugly. Now, because of his, his deception, he may have changed, but I doubt he turned into an ant to, to, to what we depict. He's still probably beautiful, but full of the devil, full of hate. Does that make sense? He's, he's probably been contoured. It doesn't really matter, though. The fact is that he's tricky and he's cunning. And the Bible says he's the father of all lies. He does not know how to tell the truth. He doesn't know how to do anything but lie and deceive. So whenever you are facing a situation where there's deceit and lies, you can be sure the devil's involved. Because that's the only thing he knows how to do. And the Bible tells us, and I want to get this out real quick too, because I know how y'all think. I want to get this out. At, every, at the end of every message in this little series, I'm going to show you that Jesus gave us the victory. Okay? I'm going to end with that. And we are victorious tonight by the cross. But again, we have to know what it is that's coming at us if we can, so we can defeat it. So we can help other people not be tricked. You think, if you think you've arrived, that's the problem. If you think you've arrived, you're in trouble. Adam and Eve thought they were okay. And they were deceived. And then it goes on to say that I'm not trying to show this part, but you know the story there. He, he goes and says... You know, he basically says, God's not telling you the truth. He doesn't want you to eat of that tree because he doesn't want your eyes to be opened. He doesn't want you to be wise like him. And he lies. And what he does is he causes disobedience. If you're one of those people that just needs it straightforward tonight, let me just break it down. It's real easy. Disobedience is of the devil. And obedience is of God. Period. If you just need those two words to help you. The devil is always about disobedience. And God is always seeking obedience. God simply said in the garden, I've got all this wonderful stuff for you. The only thing I want in return is that you obey me. Right? That's all I want. God said, I'm not asking you to do anything except not touch that one tree. Not just don't touch it. You can do anything you want. And what was he really doing, church? What was he really doing? He was just saying, obey me. You want to be blessed? Obey me. You want to have joy? Obey me. You want peace? Obey me. All you got to do is obey me. How many know that seems pretty simple? Did you know that what we see in the Bible is a breakdown of what we are today? We're in the same position. Nothing's changed. God is still seeking today that we would just simply obey him. 
Watch and look at your life and watch the situations where you're in obedience and watch that God is always blessing and moving and doing great things. And watch the times in your life when you've struggled and you're going to see there was some disobedience there. How many get that? God is looking for obedience. Satan is pushing disobedience. Now I'm going to show you some scriptures here in a moment. Some of you have never seen. Many of you have. Some of you have not. Because many of us know the verse of Genesis. Many of us know that there's the serpent. That There he is on the scene. But most of us don't know how he got into the garden and how he became a serpent. There's more to it than that. So go with me to the book of Isaiah. Chapter 14. One of the things I'm going to expose in the next couple weeks is I'm going to expose how the enemy works. And I was talking about this with Destiny the other day. We had a little mini discipleship. And I was teaching her how the devil has power on this earth. He's the prince, and I'll get you these verses as we go along. He's the prince of this world. Okay, he's the prince of the airwaves. If there's one thing the devil uses more than anything, it's the airwaves. TV, radio, satellite, all those. He's the prince of it. He's the God of this world. G, small g. Okay? And he has been given power. And you're going to see in the scriptures why all this happened. And you're going to see why he is what he is. And, I want you, and I'm going to teach you the real major reason why he fell. And you and I better understand what made him fall so we won't fall. Okay? So we see in the book of Isaiah, verse 12. Say amen if you're there. I want to show you a few things here. Read with me in 12. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer. Son of the morning, how you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart. Now, I want you to get your pen if you've got it. And I want you to underline five times. This is important right here. I want you to underline five times what, what, the, devil, what the devil said. Okay, are you there with me in verse 13? Am I okay out here? As long as I get too close to speakers. You with me? It's a little bit hot. I will. Underline that. I will. And before we go on, don't go on yet, because I don't want you to, I don't I want you to pay attention to this. Should I go back up there? Got it underlined? I will. Say that. I will. I will. I will. I will. I will. Does that sound good? I will. I will. Does that sound bad? I will. I will. Selfish. Prideful. Remember what Jesus said in the, in, in the Garden of Eden? Not my will, but your will be done. See, we're seeing right here in, in, in Satan the exact opposite of Jesus. Okay? Everything the devil did, Jesus had to come and do the opposite. 
Everything the devil brought upon us, Jesus had to come and eliminate it. How many are with me so far? So we see here five times, go with me, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. This is not God talking or Jesus talking. This is Lucifer. I will. Can you imagine? Just stop there for a second. I will exalt my throne above God. Hmm. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation. On the farthest sides of the north, verse 14, I will fourth time ascend from the heights of the clouds. Sounds like something Jesus is going to do. I will be like the most high. Yet you sh- and, then, and here's the answer. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. That's some powerful stuff right there. Many of you have seen Genesis. Many of you know the, the devil of Genesis. Serpent, but you don't know why he there, why he was there, and what made him fall. Go to uh, um, Ezekiel chapter twenty-eight. Still a little bit hot. I can talk louder, Dylan. Go to Ezekiel. Go go. Turn the pages to the left in your Bible. Start heading towards the New Testament. Ezekiel. The Bible says, and we're going to see it here in a second in the scriptures, and this is an attitude we have to work against, all of us. Because, get this real quick, we've been talking about this a lot lately. The church, right here, this place we're at, just turn it off if you have to, turn it way down. There we go. The church, right here where you're at, is supposed to be practice for heaven. Okay, we've been talking about that a lot. Those people that are anti-church and anti-going to church and anti-being with the body have the spirit that Lucifer had. I'm serious. Because God established that we would come together like this. God established that we would be together as a body. God established that we would praise and worship the Lord together. And he's had it ever since the beginning. How many here understand, young people, old people, middle class, middle high, middle low, every age, how many understand that the only reason we were made was to worship God? That's it. If you want to know what's the meaning of life, what am I here for? That's it. He made us to worship Him. He made us to glorify Him. And that's the reason we exist. And if we're not doing that, we're not doing what God has called us to do. But one of the ways he taught, wanted us to do that was he wanted us to all come together because for eternity we're going to do this. And we've got to have practice here on earth. And in heaven they were doing it as well. The angels were created so that they could sing and worship and praise God. Amen? And the angels existed before we did. They were there first. And so that, this, this right here, I, I hope you get this, this was there. They were in this setting, and they were worshiping God, and they were all together. And Lucifer was the head angel. There was Gabriel, there was Michael, and there was Lucifer. But Lucifer was the head angel of all of them. He was the man up there. He was in charge of everything. And he was the most beautiful angel of all, and he was the worship leader. 
He was in charge. He did the music. Can you imagine the talent? Now, I'm gonna, I want you to think about this. So I'm going to throw this in real sec, for a second as we go on. Because I said a second ago and lost my train of thought. One of the things I want to expose is the music industry. The music industry is Satan's greatest, greatest tool. There's a lot of good ones. Movies are a great tool. Social media is a great tool. There's all kinds of tools. But music is the greatest one. And for centuries and thousands of years, really, church, the devil has used music to deceive people. Why wouldn't he use music? It's what he did in heaven. Have you ever thought, man, this stuff's good. And and, oh man, I I can't listen to that Christian stuff because this stuff's so good. There's a reason why it's so good. Because Satan made it. He made it. I'm not saying music. I'm talking about the music that's pulling so many people. And I'm going to expose that a little bit. Because right now, more than ever, I remember when I was younger. And I'm going to show a video on Sunday. I remember uh, when I was younger, you know, today the genre's a little bit different. There wasn't as many genres, for one. There wasn't as many types of music as there is today. But this has always gone on. There's always been a pull and a strong move of music. But, you know, MTV was started back in the early 80s, probably. And when when MTV started, that was the greatest move of the devil he's ever done. Again, I'm not glorifying the devil in what I'm telling you tonight. I'm trying to show you something. Because today we got a lot of young people and adults who are zombies. Controlled by the devil. Deceived by the devil through what the devil was taught by God to do. Except it's not worshiping God. It's worshiping him. And you have to give credit where credit's due. He's done a really good job of deceiving people. Through music. And when MTV came on the scene, I don't remember the guy's name and don't care, but he came out very blatantly on, 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 uh, on the news and, and out as loud as he could that his intention was to destroy children through MTV. It was the devil speaking through this man. And I'm telling you tonight, music is the greatest tool of the devil that there is in the world. Okay? But do you see why? Because that's what he knows what to do best. He's learned over, you know, you got to understand when you are fighting against the devil, you got to understand he's been doing this a long, long time. He, he, there, he, there's no trick he doesn't know. There's no people he hasn't deceived. And I don't know if you realize it. If you start going back and reading these scriptures in the Old Testament, he was there. And he caused some really good men and women fall I'm not giving him credit I'm trying to show you who he is because if he made them fall he can make us fall right if he if he tripped up David he tripped me up amen so go to Ezekiel real quick and I'm gonna show you a few more things I talked to you in Genesis 3 that he was crafty and cunning and deceitful okay now we're in Ezekiel 28 Verse 12, you there? Actually, let's start in 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre, and say to him, Thus says the Lord. Now he begins to talk about Lucifer again. You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom 
and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every pre- this, is, this is what God is telling. He's telling Lucifer what he had. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardius, topaz, and diamond, beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. He was created for greatness, but not for the greatness he's known for today. You, look at this, you were the anointed cherub. Cherub is another word for angel. You were the anointed cherub who covers. Means he's the top. He was the the top of the class. You were on the holy mountain of God. He was as close to God as you can get. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created. Look at this. What's the next thing say? Till iniquity was found in you. Till iniquity was found in you. He's, he's not talking about people. He's talking about the enemy. He's talking about the angel that was above everybody else and had the greatest. I want you to get this. What place, do, I mean, think about it. What place do we have tonight? Who, you know, who, what do we have to brag about that we, we're so great? This guy was at the top, right there with God. Now, obviously, when we say God, we know God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He was right below him. What that means is you cannot get a greater position. I want you to understand how greedy and selfish we are as human beings. If you can get a grip on how greedy and selfish we are, you'll walk in victory. Because if you don't understand how greedy and selfish we are, you'll lose. Because think about it. If we as human beings, and nobody in here that I know has ever been president, nobody in here is the CEO of a billion-dollar company, nobody in here is famous, nobody in here accepting God, amen, nobody in here has done anything super amazing, and, and here we are, we could fall, and we think we can't fall, I should say, but the man who was right below God fell. That's why the Bible says that be careful that you think you're something lest you fall. Pride comes before a fall. Amen? Humility, 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 humility is the key. The key to walking in victory in God is being humble. Whenever you begin to feel prideful, whenever you begin to feel like you've done something good, whenever you begin to feel like you're somebody, get on your knees, humble yourself before the Lord, and stay that way, and let God exalt you. Can you get that? Let God exalt you. This this man, this, this angel, if he would have just stayed the course and stayed obedient... Would anybody have taken him off that place? Would anybody have removed him from where he was? If he would have stayed obedient, and you talk about being at the top, and you know what, here's what's funny. Some of us say, oh, I wouldn't care about that. You're lying. We're made inside to want to be great. There's, we're made inside to excel. That We're made inside to, 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 you may not even know it, but you do. 
You, you want, you want to, you want, if you, the fighting through the line, there's all kinds of examples I give you. You don't really realize it, but you're always pushing to get to the front. And you might think, oh, that's not me. You're deceiving yourself. Since the fall of Lucifer, it's in us. It wasn't supposed to be in us, but since the fall of Lucifer, it's in us. This is something that's going to really open up your eyes, this series of understanding what, why, we, why we are the way we are. God did not intend this. And now you can see as we continue with this why God at one time, in the time of Noah, said, I wish I wouldn't have even made people. He did. How many can understand why? Because not only did the, the man that he had is the highest place already fall a long time ago. And, and what happened is, remember that Gabriel, Michael, and, and uh, Lucifer were the, were the three major angels. Gabriel and Michael have not fallen, thank God. And they're still in their place. And they have a great place. And they're in the place that Lucifer would have been if he would have just stayed humble. But he fell. And think about this. I'm, I'm trying to tie all this in. I'm trying to let the Holy Spirit lead me so you can get this. There's so many verses that you pull out that go back to this. And so many things here in the church that show heaven. And so many things that as you can begin to mature in the Lord, you're going to get to see. And they're going to make more sense. Because how many have heard the verse? And I'm going to tie this in with music. I'm going to tie this in with what the devil's doing with people today. It's not just music. Okay? It's in sports. It's in uh, uh, movies. It's in anything where, where there's power and fame okay, and money. But in music, think about this. You've heard that saying. You've heard the verse. What does it profit a man to what? Gain the whole world, yet what? Okay? So we, we hear that for us. What does it profit a man? I told Destiny the other day. What does it profit a man? Because you look at some of these people today, and, I'm not, and I don't need to name names. There's tons of them that have all the power in the world, all the wealth in the world, and, and some have fallen even from, from, from their walk with the Lord. Okay? And have sold their souls to Satan. Okay? And what does it, what does it do... They've been so deceived that they have traded in a temporary time of fame and money and power to lose their soul. So, so when that verse, you got to get this, when that verse gets stated, it's about us as human beings. But Satan already did that a long time ago. What he did was he traded in his soul. He traded in his destiny. Yeah, his has lasted a lot longer than ours because we're only going to live 80, 90 years. His has lasted for a long time. But what, what he doesn't understand is at the end, he's going to lose it again. He's going to lose it. He's already lost it, but he, 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 right now he's, he's in this age and he's trying to deceive this age. But when this age ends, you know why, the Satan, you know why Satan doesn't want Jesus to come back? Because as soon as he comes back, it's done. His rule and reign is over. And that's why we're as a church praying, even so come Lord Jesus. Because we want the devil's reign to end on this earth. He has no power over us as believers, but he's the ruler of this world. And we live in this world. Last time I checked. We live in this world. 
And I really think that this teaching about Satan is going to help you understand more the dominion God has called you to have in this world and why he fights so hard. But he gave it up. And he right now has a power that no one's ever been given. And he will lose it at the end. So what did he gain? There's nothing on this earth. Church, all the time, every day, Christians give up. All over the world, they give up their walk with the Lord and choose a path of something else. And they go off and they, they, whether it's money or fame or whatever, they leave the destiny of God and it's temporary. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? You tell me something on this earth that is worth eternity in hell. You think about that. You think about some of the things that you get tempted with to do. And you just decide for yourself, is that worth me losing my eternity with God? There's nothing this earth has. And the more you fall in love with God, and the more you humble yourself, remember, I will, I will, I will, I won't, I don't. I don't, I'm nobody, humble yourself, don't have the attitude of Satan, amen? Whenever that attitude comes upon you, rebuke it, cast it down. One of the best ways, and a lot of people don't get this yet, one of the best ways to stay humble is trying neology. Neology. Get on your knees and pray. I can pray standing up. Yeah, you can, but there's something about getting on your knees humbling yourself before God. There's no perfect position, but you better pray and stay humble. Okay, I'm going to close up tonight, right here where we are, verse 16. And I'm going to show you one more thing about Satan. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within, and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God, and I destroyed you O covering cherub or angel from the midst of the fiery stones. Now, real quick, I'm going to re finish reading right there in just a second, but I want to show you one thing. Uh, go real quick to the book of Proverbs. I want to show you what your trading means. Book of Proverbs, chapter 11. Hold that right there if you can. If you've got a marker, stay there in Ezekiel and go to Proverbs 11. Let me know when you get there. How many are getting something? Proverbs 11. Okay, let me read this again before we read that. By the abundance of your trading. I'm going to show you exactly what Satan was doing in heaven. What, how he fell. And this is the other thing you might not know. Many do, but many don't. Why do demons exist? Why is there demons? Because one-third of the angels followed Lucifer. This is really important. Because what people don't realize, good or bad, is we influence people. Teenagers, you don't realize, good or bad, you influence people, or you're influenced by people. You don't realize it. You're either a follower or you're a leader. There's no in-between. And when you're around somebody at school or work or any place else, you're either being influenced 
or you're influencing. If you're not full of the Holy Spirit and full of the Word of God and full of prayer and prayed up and staying in God and coming to church and doing and all those things, you're going to be influenced. Because there's a stronghold in this world and the prince of the air is moving and he has demons one third of the angels that he brought with him and they have fallen too and they know they're doomed. You ever met anybody that's been doomed before? Scary thing is to have a mass murderer out that knows he's going to spend the rest of his life in prison. And he's going to take anybody out can, that he can before he goes in. How many understood that? Those demons know that they're, what their future is. Those demons know they're done. And they're doing everything they can to torment they're doing everything they can to torment. That's the key. Those demons can't do anything but torment. And that's what they do. They're tormenting spirits. You may have heard me pray sometime. You tormenting spirit. We can speak to those demons. They have names. Okay? And so one third of the demons, follow, the angels followed Satan and became demons. It's not like God said, oh, let me just send some demons down. They followed him. Now, again, this is important because this is a picture of the church. One of the saddest things in the church is when people don't understand their power over other people and they cause other people to fall. Now, think about it. One of the greatest reasons people are atheists today is because of church people. If that's what a Christian is, I don't want to be one. Amen. God forbid that we would be those people. And it happens in the church. It happens outside as Christians supposedly being the church. And we're influencing people. We don't understand the power of our tongue. We don't understand the power of our words. If you tear down a pastor, if you tear down a church, if you tear down a church member, if you tear down other things, you have that spirit that Lucifer and his demons had. Tear down the kingdom of God. Amen. Are you getting me? Yes. It's a serious thing. It happens every day, all over the world, in every church in the world. And we have to fight as a church to not allow that to happen. We have to be influencers and not influenced. Because that spirit gets in the people. If it got into heaven in the, in the angels, how much more could it get into us as human beings? And that's why God established the church so that we'd work it out. And if you don't think that's true, it's a whole other message. You can get into the, to the New Testament where Paul teaches the people how to deal with people that do things like that in the church. It's a serious thing. It's always existed. Wherever there's dissension, dissension has to be stopped. Amen? And the devil's plan besides deception has always been to usurp or undermine authority. If you know somebody tonight... And I'm going to close. I'm not, I'm not going to get to where I wanted to go. If, if you, there's no school tomorrow, though, right? So we can take five more minutes. And the we, workers have to work. But we're old. If you understand tonight, what was I saying? I lost my thoughts. Somebody help me. Or it was just wasn't meant to be. What was the last thing I said? Undermining authority. Have you, ever, have you ever known somebody that's like that? Who's always undermining authority? Or they have an issue with authority? 
You cannot be an overcoming child of God if you have a problem with authority. You can't. People don't understand this, and I'm telling you, I have seen this firsthand for 20 years. And people think, they, they, I don't know what people think, but I've seen it. I've seen men and women with the call of God on their life and the anointing of God on their life and a potential on their life and they're going and they're doing good and they're growing and all of a sudden something gets in them where you can't tell them anything anymore. They ain't hearing it. You're a man. I hear from God. If that's your attitude, you're in trouble. Because the last time I heard God's audible voice was never. Amen. He uses people. And you know what? If you, if you don't believe this, go have a seat with some people in prison tonight and ask them what their problem was. And an issue with authority. And that's a whole other subject because you got fathers that ain't there and you got... Mothers and, you know, the family's been disintegrated and all these things. And so you got a, a, a man or a woman who doesn't understand authority because their dad wasn't there. And on and on and on. And then a father doesn't, a man's grown up and he doesn't understand how it because he didn't have it. And it's all kinds of stuff. But it all goes back to the devil. And his spirit that creeps into the church. Creeps into the body. Creeps into believers. And Maybe you know somebody like that, or maybe you recognize that you have that. You say, God, help me, please. Lord, help me. Maybe, maybe if you were smart tonight, even if you don't recognize, you'd say, God, if I have that in me, if it ever begins to rise up, if I ever begin to get a spirit of the, that, I can't, that I don't want to hear authority, or, or help me, God. Because I'm telling you, are you seeing what I'm seeing here in the scriptures? The undermining of authority was the beginning of the fall. And it has been ever since then. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. So we have to be careful with this spirit. And he gets him to fall. And I'll just read this since we're in Proverbs. And I'll pick up on this again on Sunday. But I want, I want to show you a lot more. I've got a lot more to show you on this. Is this helping anybody? Yes. It said there, the, by the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within and you sinned. So if you go over to Proverbs chapter 11, verse 13, a person who trades, what that means in, in, this, in this scripture, is somebody who is a gossiper, or it says here, a talebearer, reveals secrets. But he who is of faithful spirit conceals a matter. I'm not even going to go. You could read later. Well, actually, I'll read it real quick. Proverbs 20. Proverbs 20. Verse 19. I'm going to make this make sense. He who goes about as a talebearer reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with one who flatters with his lips. Okay? You heard those verses, right? That's just a couple. There's tons of them in Proverbs. Here, you know what the devil did? He was the leader. He was right there below God. He was the worship leader. He was in charge of everybody. Get this. And he began to go around. So you've got to be careful when people are talking a lot. In church. You've got to be careful. Because what did that thing say? He who is faithful conceals matters. 
Okay? Again, the spirit of gossip is a whole other message. I could go off in 50 directions for all these things, trying to stay focused. But you got to understand how powerful this is. Have you ever heard the saying, if you can't say something good, don't say it at all? You got to be careful when you break somebody down with your words. You got to be careful to talk about somebody you don't know without knowing them. Amen? Because I'm telling you, I've, I said, I haven't been around for 100 years, but I've been around for 20. I've seen a lot. And this is what Satan did. You know what he started doing? He started going around saying, Andy, man, we don't got to listen to this guy. Why, why is he the top? Why is he? You realize that's what he did? Yeah. He began, that's what it says, he was a traitor. He began to go around, and behind the back, behind the scenes, he began to upsurp authority. He began, to, he began to talk about God. We're not talking about a man or a woman tonight. We're talking about God. And he's saying, man, we could do this different. We, sh- we don't need to sing those songs. We don't need to play that way. We don't need to do this. We don't need to do that. And he goes around and begins slowly to build his army of rebellion. And as he builds that army of rebellion, it grows. Because there was something in him. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And he, and he slowly began to deceive everybody in his group. And probably not just the group, but the people he influenced went and influenced some other people. Thank God for the two-thirds that probably had him come and said, No, nah, I'm not hearing that. Get lost. You want to fall, you fall. I'm not going with you. Two-thirds were wise. And just like us, they're going to have their reward. But how many see how the devil works tonight? He's a deceptive person. He's deceiving. He's a liar. He's the father of all lies. And I wanted to show you just a little bit tonight as I get into the next couple weeks. Because what I want to do is at the end of the month when I talk about the power of the cross, I want you to understand what he defeated. It makes the power of the cross stronger. Okay, when you see what he defeated, because we know kind of hearsay. Oh, yeah, the devil's defeated. Oh, yeah, he lost. And yeah, he's going to lose in the end. We, we know that, but we really don't understand how it all happened and how powerful he is. And again, we're not trying to give him glory. Does everybody get that? I'm not trying to glorify him. I'm trying to show you who he is. If you don't know who he is, he, if he took Satan out, he could take us out. Now, I promised you I'd end with the verse. Go to Hebrews real quick. And the musicians can come. But remember, that doesn't mean close your mind off. Hebrews chapter 2. Actually, yeah, let's go to Hebrews. I'll probably read this several times, but I'm just going to read it tonight. And I've got some other ones. But listen to this. Hebrews chapter 2. You there? Let's read read three verses, okay? I want to end end on on a high note of you knowing who your Jesus is. And that he is, the devil is defeated. 
Amen? He's defeated tonight. And he has no power over believers. Unless we let him. Unless we let him. It says here in Hebrews 2, verse 10, For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory, to make the author of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Then go to verse 14. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, who is he? Jesus, likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil had now he still has power over any person who has not confessed Christ they're still powerless against the devil but if you are a born again believer tonight and you have the blood of Jesus over your life he had power over you and the only way he could ever get power over you again is if you deny the Lord and walk away from him and you give him that power back by doing what? Doing what he did, which is what? Disobeying. Okay? So, listen to that again. He himself, through death, on the cross, he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and look, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Amen? So I'm going to lead this up over the next couple weeks and I want to expose the devil so that I can show you how powerful he was, so Jesus was on the cross to defeat him. Amen. How many are thankful tonight for Jesus and the cross and the blood? Let's give the Lord a hand. Amen. I'm thankful because that's, that's someone you wouldn't want to mess with. He hates you. And he hates you more now than you did before you met Jesus. Because before you met Jesus, you were on his side. You were on his team. Now you've betrayed him. He's the prince of this world. What we're called to do, I want you to get this, I'm gonna try to say this every message too, is this will also help us understand more what our call is. Our call is to go and release all those other people who are in bondage to freedom so that they can have the same thing we have. You'll be able to recognize in some of your friends and family and co-workers how they are being trapped by the devil. You'll begin to see how he fools people. You'll begin to notice how he fooled you, how he had you, how he still tries to trap you. And that's what I wanna do. I want you to be able to see it so when the enemy comes, you can recognize it. And the Bible says that when the enemy comes like a flood, he'll lift up a standard against it. But you got to know the word so you can speak it against him. That's why you pray. That's why you read the word. That's why you, and we're going to get into some of the Ephesians where you put on the full armor of God. And we're going to get into where you see that, that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal anymore, but they're mighty through God for pulling down of strongholds, strongholds of the devil. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father, tonight, thank you for your word. Your word, Lord God. Your word says, God, that it's sharper 
than any two-edged sword. It pierces, God, and it divides bone and marrow. It divides the truth, God. And Lord, your word is penetrating our hearts tonight. It's speaking to us. It's teaching us. It's showing us, God, what happened and why with, with the world's in the situation it's in. With your heads bowed and eyes closed tonight, I can't end this service without giving the opportunity for every person in this place to know Jesus. Young people, old people, teenagers, children, if you're here and you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, if you've never confessed Him as Lord and Savior, see, that's the thing the devil hates. He doesn't care if you come to church. He doesn't care if you sit in a chair and have a Bible in your lap. What he can't stand is when somebody confesses Jesus Christ is Lord. When that happens, he loses his power over you. How many in this place, from front to back and side to side, can say, Pastor, tonight I am not sure I've ever done that prayer. I don't want to be defeated by the enemy anymore. Tonight I want to be born again. I want to, that curse of death to be taken off of my life, and I want to be saved. I don't want to walk in disobedience as the devil has. I want to be a child of obedience. I want the blessings of God on my life. How many all over this place could say, would you just pray for me right now? That's me. Just put your hand up and put it right back down. All over this place. I don't want anybody to leave this place without knowing. God sees your heart tonight. God knows and you know if you've said that prayer. I believe you have. Maybe you're here tonight and you have said that prayer, but this message has really helped you to understand why sometimes those temptations are so strong. Church, Jesus was tempted. How are we not going to be tempted? The devil's not going to give up on you. The world's not going to quit trying to trip you up. But Jesus overcame those temptations by the Word of God. And that's what we got to learn to do. We need to learn to walk in the Word of God. We need to understand that I can do all things through Christ. It gives me strength. But I am nothing on my own. I can do nothing on my own. I'm powerless on my own. You know, the AA and the NA understand that part. They're powerless on their own. We are powerless. The problem is they don't know Jesus. There's not a whole lot of ways to God. There's one way. The Bible says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father except through me. Know that tonight. You're never going to defeat the enemy by being good. You're never going to defeat the enemy in your own strength. You're never going to defeat the enemy unless Jesus Christ does it for you. You cannot defeat Satan. Jesus already did, and you got to walk in his victory. We're going to pray tonight. I'm going to open up the altars, and I want you to just find a place at this altar as we sing a song. And I want you to come down and I want you to do some spiritual warfare tonight, just for a few minutes. I want you to, maybe it'll change your prayer a little bit. Maybe you'll recognize a little bit more of the enemy tonight.
but let's let's not get out of this place without seeking the Lord a little bit. Let's not get out of this place without coming in and practicing some theology and getting on our face before the Lord and speaking to Him and saying, God, I understand tonight who my enemy is. I'm going to fight him, not in my own strength and in my own power, but by the blood of Jesus. Let's stand to our feet all over this place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come find the place. Come pray. Seek the Lord. Yes, God. Yes, God. Pray in the spirit tonight. Come and let the anointing of God break the yokes of bondage on your life tonight. If that enemy's fighting you tonight, tell him he's got a the Bible says resist the devil and he'll flee. Oh yes, God. We resist you tonight, Satan. We're not gonna believe your lies, devil. We understand how you work. You are defeated in Jesus' name. Lord, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by your Spirit. My life is yours, Lord. Teenagers, you'd be good to come up and find a place at the altar and pray. The devil wants to fight you tonight. Chris, come up and pray.
you tonight for your power. Lord, we thank you tonight, God, that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Lord, show us tonight and teach us tonight, God, Lord, that we have a real adversary. Your word says, God, that he's like a lion seeking whom he will devour. And Lord God, we must resist him tonight, God. We must lift up a standard against him tonight. Because God, he hates the church. He hates Christians. He hates people who plead the blood of Jesus. And Lord, we know he's powerless when we're exercising, Lord God, our authority over him. But God, if we put our guard down, Lord, if we put down the shield of faith, Lord, if we take off, Lord God, the, the, we the weapons and the armor that you've given us, God, we are open to an attack. And Lord, I pray that we would understand that tonight. Lord, that the devil's not playing games. The Bible says he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And Lord, we know tonight, God, we know tonight, Lord, that you are greater. In Jesus' name. I want everybody to look at me just for a second. I want you to understand something. I think sometimes we don't, again, I'm not trying to bring any, any glory to the Lord, to the devil. I can't say that enough. But do you realize when that, ver when that verse says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, he's not talking to unbelievers. Unbelievers are already dead. Unbelievers are already lost. He doesn't have to kill them. He doesn't have to steal from them. Amen? If I had already lost my wallet, I wouldn't need someone to steal it. I don't have it. Right? If, you, if they don't have salvation, if they don't have eternal life, there's nothing to be stolen. It's already lost. Those verses are for the Christian believers. He's not going to let you go. He's not going to stop fighting you. Do, you, do you. Have you read the scriptures and understood the book of Job? He went before God's presence and said, and God said, what are you doing here? He said, I'm going to and fro. I'm looking. I'm looking. And let me tell you something. You got to understand this, especially it's why I asked you teenagers to come up. Sometimes, sometimes, again, I'm not here to be your friend. Okay? Sometimes, it's not that God can't touch you anywhere. But sometimes when you stay back, there's, a, there's almost a spirit of pride in that. I don't need the altar. I don't need to go down there. I'm good. That's the wrong spirit. I thank the Lord, and I'm going I'm to put myself on blast for a second, because I got taught this. I was at our, one of our conferences the very first year, I think. The very first year, it was about 12 years ago. And there's a thousand people there. And I'm, I'm sitting at the back. This, I wasn't sitting at the back to be rebellious. This was just packed. And they had an altar call. Pastor Jones was preaching. And I had that attitude. I didn't think that message was something that was, I was doing wrong or dealing with. And I was just back there praying. And Pastor Joan looked just like me, just like I did you, Chris. He said, come up here and pray, Blake. And I realized that night, I need every altar call. And I've never not responded to an altar call again as a pastor. If you've ever been to conference, you'll see me be one of the first ones out. Because I got to lead by example. And I'm telling you, if you stay back in the seat for a long time, a lot of people think, oh, if I go down to the altar, I'm weak. No, you're not. You're smart. When I begin to see somebody stay back in the back a long time and not come forward, I begin to worry about them. Something's wrong. 
There's a spirit of pride there. Are you getting what I'm saying? He said, I'm looking, I'm seeking. Now get this, teenagers. Get this, young people especially. The devil's not going to attack somebody who's strong. He's not, why would he waste his time on someone strong when he can go get someone weak? An animal, the animal kingdom's a great p- picture of that, and I've said this before, there's a lot of new people here tonight. You ever watch the Discovery Channel? You ever watch the lions go out and try to attack a group of animals? Does he go after the fast one? He goes after the weakest one. And the weakest one is the stupid one that goes the opposite direction of everybody else. Everybody else is staying in a group. I kind of picture that as the altar. Everybody else is gathering together and saying, hey, if we come to church and we stay together and we pray together, devil can't get us. But that one gets out. That lion doesn't go and attack the group. He says, aha, I found a dummy. I found a weakling. I found someone who doesn't need the group. Dead. He might get lucky and outrun him. Dead. There's a reason why we do what we do. There's a reason. There's power in humility. So if you think you, oh, this ain't a big deal, watch out. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just trying to warn you. Devil's not playing games. His time is short, and the shorter his time gets, the more serious he gets, and the more crazy he gets, and the more wild he gets, and he's going to attack you, and he's going to come after you, and if you're not what I've seen people fall. One of the hardest things about being a pastor is watching people fall and get eaten by the devil. I just visited one last week in prison. I don't, I don't like to go visit people that used to be sitting in our church in jail. I don't like that. I like them when they're here with the Bible in their hand. That's hard. And now they realize, wow, this was real. I'm going to get what I'm saying. You've got to go to jail. You've got to get beat up before you realize how serious the enemy is. You don't have to be, I'm not trying to make you afraid of the enemy. I'm trying you to understand how he works. If you stay prayed up, if you stay at church, if you stay at the altar, there's a reason why, church, I'm always telling you, missed you, missed you, missed you. And there's many times I I fight myself to stop that. I'm not going to do it no more. Then I remember Chris and Laura. I said they wouldn't be here if I wouldn't have kept on bugging them. And kept on bugging them and kept on telling them I missed them. I could just come out and say, you're in danger. I'm trying to say it in a nice way. Missed you. I'm trying to, you know, throw an indirect. And I'm telling you, I've been here five years now. I had a lot of people here that have been here from the beginning. Hundreds of people have come in and gone out. Now, if some have gone to other churches, praise God. That, you know, but a lot of them haven't. Gotten something in their spirit. Didn't like the follow-up. Didn't like someone telling them they missed them. Didn't like the altar call. Didn't like whatever that I'm trying to do to keep us ready. And that spirit of rebellion comes in. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. I'm going to go somewhere else where they're not going to know I'm here. Whatever it is. Man, the devil goes after them. I could name people. I would never name names. I never do. 
And I can name people after people I know today that aren't serving the Lord. They're not serving the Lord to me. They're back to the old ways. It's a serious thing. It's a serious thing. So if I call you out like that, don't get mad at me. Thank the Lord for me. I thank the Lord for my pastor. I put myself on blast tonight. I thank God he did that to me. Who knows what he saved me from? Who knows? There's something about coming forward and doing business with the Lord. Now listen, there's a lot of churches today around the world that will say this isn't of God. I don't know how. This isn't of God to have an altar call. I don't know what their thinking is. I don't know. I don't care. But I, I believe this is of God. To hear a message and respond to it. And, and let the Holy Spirit work. Let it soak in. Have you ever come to the altar and felt worse when you left? You usually feel better, right? Ride the altar to heaven. Ride the altar to heaven. Amen? You see me when someone else is preaching. I'm up here. I'm not better than anybody else. You're not better than anybody else. It's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of humility. I need God. And people are watching you. Parents, your kids are watching you respond or not respond. They're watching. Amen? You love me? You love God? We're going to make it. Amen? The devil hates the truth. He hates the truth. Dylan, dismiss us, please. Don't forget this Sunday, I'm going to continue on this. Invite somebody to church Sunday. Amen? And, and uh, don't forget, we've got a couple weeks till Easter. Is there any other events? Moms? No, it's next Thursday. Um, intercessory prayer at 6.30. We're trying, to, we're trying to build up the intercessory prayer. It's Thursdays at 6.30. You can't make it every time. That's fine. But every, six, every Thursday at 6.30, Miss Betty's here to pray. We've got to pray, church. Amen. I know a lot of people can't make it, work, whatever. But if you can, come pray. Amen. We have prayer in the mornings at 6.30. We have prayer before the services every every service, a half hour. Amen. Keep building that prayer room up. And we're gonna we're gonna do something powerful for God. Amen. Praise God. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for your word tonight, God. We thank you for building us, Heavenly Father. And, yes, and God, let no person walk out of here, God, with, 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 with something on their shoulder, Heavenly Father. Lord God, but let us open up, God, and take, take the correction, Heavenly Father, and receive it, Heavenly Father. Lord God, we humble ourselves uh, this evening, Heavenly Father. And let us walk, Heavenly Father, humble before you, and you would exalt us, Heavenly Father, and wherever you have placed us, God, to continue doing your work. Heavenly Father, let every person that walk out walk out of here safe oh God and make it home safe Heavenly Father continue to build us through the week of Heavenly Father until we show up again on Sunday God use us to reach out to other people and, and be be the light and the salt of the earth Heavenly Father as you have planned us here to do your work God in Jesus name Amen Amen let's give God praise <laughs>
Welcome to you, my auntie, CC Winers. Yo, CC, drop that first. I know that you think you can pray after that mistake, but I know it's the only way you can make it better. And I know situations get too much for you to take, and you feel like you're gonna break. Get better, I'm so frustrated. 